Okay, cool. You ready? Yeah. And you look super ready. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so then, um, yeah, what I usually do is I ask my guests to introduce themselves because if I do it, I always forget something and I'm mm -hmm. not adding everything. So who are you? Why are you here? Sure. So my name is Simone Kiwapansi. I am Thai. So I um, spent half my life abroad. I studied in the States with a Bachelor's of um, Science in Biochemistry at University of Rochester in upstate New York. And then I continued with my MD in Poland for four years. Um, been back to Thailand for two years now. So working, so interning one year, working now for almost a year. Um, yeah. I'm a general practitioner and my other specialty is like physiotherapy, but mostly focusing on movement or functional movements. Uh, some people call me a movement specialist. That's what I do. Um, yeah. Right now I'm working at like a private slash public clinic um, as my full time. And then for my part time, I do this physio thing. And I also do like supplement anti-aging as well. Um, yeah, hmm, that's, that's cool. Anti-aging. I, I have to ask you for some more more tips soon. Yes. I feel. <laughs> hey, you don't need to say yes right away. You could have been like, "Hey, you don't look that bad. You don't need it," or something you know, like that. Everybody this, can use anti-aging, but right? it's not about being old fair, and yeah. trying to reverse the time. This it's now given the science. We're trying to preserve what is left, though there are new science that shows that you can reverse it, which is very exciting. Yeah. So I, I didn't actually prepare any of this, but I I listened to this podcast. This, I mean, you, you know Joe Rogan podcast, I guess, right? A little bit. I haven't listened okay. to it much. Mm -hmm. So there was like just this anti-aging guru, anti-aging guru on like a few months ago. And he said he believes that aging can be reversed or can be, I don't know, kind of mm -hmm. condensed or something like this. Um, I'm not sure if it's recording. I see you're frozen. <laughs> you're cutting in and out a little hmm. bit. Not sure what's going on there. Yeah, I saw that. That I, I can edit this in post later. I just cut where it's frozen, and then I just continue. So it should not be a problem. Okay, so but I, I saw this. this yeah, yeah. This this dude on this podcast saying like, hey aging we can totally stop that or we can or people gonna live way 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 longer than than we see this now which sounded crazy to me but mm -hmm. you're saying mm, that's possible mm. yeah crazy yeah so like that movie <laughs> with um who is it brad pitt no forgot was who Matt was Damon? in it but he lived for a certain time mm. and then he became like a child as he gets older the movie name is but yeah that yeah crazy scientifically we don't have so much evidence that supports that all the way but there are some evidence that shows some level of reversing for sure hmm. how long un until we can use that <laughs> i think it's pretty soon uh <laughs> there are a lot of like now there are people who are call themselves like biohackers hmm. or things like this so um because you know information is becoming more available to people everybody researches for themselves right um is becoming you know there are more brains to figure this out even though of course there are specialists just nice to see a different perspective so yeah something probably coming up soon 
Huh, that's interesting. Hmm. See, things we never talk about when, when we hang out in private playing volleyball. <laughs> it's only like, you suck. No, you suck more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now it's like biohacking and stuff. Interesting. Yeah, yeah very cool. It, it needs a podcast to talk about cool stuff. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, yeah, then while I'm still getting this frozen screen here once in a while. Hmm. See, my uni doesn't pay me enough for good equipment. So, um, yeah. Yes. So the, the reason why I obviously wanted to talk to you is, uh, well, because you're a doctor and I'm not. And every time I... I, I record this Thailand Tuesday podcast, like I, this like one dedicated segment of my podcast about Thailand. I always promise mm -hmm. next week, I'm not going to talk about COVID and then news break and then more cases and then partial lockdowns and then vaccines aren't here. And then I have to talk about COVID again. So every time I say I don't do it and I have to do it. So now I figured, hey, have to do it anyways. Can ask a specialist or say, can ask like a professional doctor about opinions there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, what's your opinion on the whole situation right now? First, like more general, and then later so, I have a few specific question. But as a disclaimer, I am not like an right immunologist or infectious disease specialist. So my knowledge is not as, um, yeah. So my, 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 I would say my knowledge is quite general. I mean, enough for general practice, right? Yeah. But definitely not into a specialist or into the research that has been going on. The, given that the disease is quite new, right? Research is like very, you know, super in real time, right? Pun uh, to real time PCR. But um, super real time, you know, there's always new data being published every day. There is new data being collected every day. Um, the like gravity of how um, trustworthy that data is, we don't know yet. And we won't know this until maybe a year or two after. Though right now, given that so many people got vaccinated in other countries and so many infected cases, we have like massive amount of data. Just unfortunately, we cannot, you know, um, gone it together and then, you know, make a proper conclusion or correlation of what is going on, um, yet. And especially in Thailand, we don't, we have some sort of data, but, uh, given the research funding in Thailand is quite limited, the data that we have in general is not as utilized as it could be for sure compared to like the States or Germany or the UK, you know, it's not, um, it's not as great. We do have it, just not used. <laughs> awesome. We have it, but it's not used. Okay. Um, so then, but what, what, what we see right now, like this, um, so from a pure, not professional point of view, what mm -hmm. I see is I'm looking at events. I'm looking at the Euro right now, for example, the mm -hmm. European Championships. I see people in the stadiums. Mm -hmm. I look at the US. I see people in like basketball, UFC, mm -hmm. full events concerts party um what's what what's happening over there like why can they do that but why is it over here not possible so in the states they've gotten much better with vaccination right mm -hmm. um unfortunately with this situation right now we cannot like not involve politics because the it is way too clear to ignore right we can't just say like oh yeah the u.s once they hit 2021 they just got better 
Mm-hmm. It was clear like the leadership has changed and, you know, they had a huge turnaround from, you know, being a big mess of a healthcare mm-hmm. system with, uh, that they had into like now world leaders again in terms of health, right? Like maybe, yes, they haven't uh, vaccinated all their citizens, but they definitely did a um, significant amount enough to have at least herd immunity. Um, you know, they're not worried so much about variants. They've used like effective vaccines. Um, so those for sure are main factors. And yes, before they didn't do so well, right? Their healthcare system is crumbling. They, you know, had too many cases and nowhere to put them, understaffed, mm-hmm. underpaid. Um, you know, so at that time, clearly they weren't seeing any signs of hope. Um, but now they're good, right? And in comparison to Thailand where you don't have first ev- uh, effective vaccines, right? Not effective enough for this current situation with variants starting to come in, which we expected, right? Because, you know, globalism, traveling, variants going to come, right? If you think of it in terms of Darwinism or any survival of the fittest, you'll see that, um, you know, because it can mutate, right? The original reason why it even exists at first in this form is that because it mutated, it mutated and it survived, right? And some dies and then it mutated even more and survived. Mm-hmm. So it's going to keep mutating, right? We're both fighting each other, human versus nature. Um, so effective vaccines for sure will be number one priority, needless to say, right? For the economy, course as well as the people right for healthcare. if you think about some people did like a um cost and benefit right of not vaccinating healthcare workers right and opening mm-hmm. up the country without vaccination unfortunately for healthcare workers we cannot work from home right we have to be at work <laughs> um so some even argue like, okay, yeah, then let's open all the restaurants, all the bar thing can be up to open again. But healthcare workers then will be working from home just for safety's sake, right? Mm-hmm. Because we don't have the effective vaccines to protect us at least, right? Maybe we have some equipment, which before during the first and second um, rounds, we didn't have that much of that. And actually the donations of the people were helping a lot for sure to provide those safety nets. Um, but now, right, because variants are coming in, things aren't looking good. Vaccination is like maybe 10%, which including ineffective vaccines, right? In which in Singapore, they don't even count those for ineffective mm-hmm. vaccines. They don't count Sinovac as, you know, into their percentage of vaccination. Um, if you're looking at examples of from other countries, you can see clearly like which country is doing well, which country is not doing well. Like Chile, I think, and Brazil use also ineffective vaccines at first, and they're mm-hmm. not doing so great either. Um, and Thailand, we're following suit, right, with so many doses of Sinovac coming in. Um, so yeah, it's not, it's looking very hopeless, for sure. On like the front side, right, like the super primary care, Yes, today I had at least two cases confirmed positive with private hospitals, right? Which I did not send the patient because I can't. No, not mm-hmm. any public hospitals are taking any tests right now. They don't have beds, right? Um, no, like, if, if I suspect it, I cannot test them to confirm it. I have to send them home. I have to, you know, 
like give them a supportive medication as their best and hope that their body can fight it. Um, I don't know which variant they have, right? So this is the sucky part being on the front line uh, of how it looks like, like, not by data or just like pure numbers, but how it feels like. Very mm-hmm. depressing, very grim, <laughs> um, for sure. Okay. I, I was hoping you would have like some, you know, some hope and you're like, it's not as bad as it looks in the media and actually it's much better. And now I'm sad and going to cry after this podcast. Yeah. So actually I would say it like, like the media yeah. portrays some pictures, right? For example, all the beds being in the parking lot, things like this, people waiting, mm-hmm. um, people dying. And it's not like, fabricated or untrue right some of those are maybe a bit fabricated right who knows but for sure i think the numbers are way worse right being like you know primary care you have to everybody whose rights are within your um, clinic so my clinic is about nine thousand to ten thousand people of course there are going to be some who are positive right like yesterday i had another one who came in with his friends who are also positive as moral support yeah so uh i'm super grateful for my staff because they're really good at screening to make sure that Mm -hmm. they don't come into the clinic and infect other people right the Mm -hmm. one big scare for example that i had was about one month ago that a kid um he was coughing up a storm he was like five and he made it into the clinic all the way to my desk and then when i asked them if they had covid risk which my staff has already asked, they said yes. When my staff asked, they said no. So this puts like the clinic at risk, right? And like, unfortunately on that day, we had like NCD day, which is non-communicative or non-contagious disease, uh, which are like, you know, high risk diseases, hypertension, diabetes, things like this. So the whole clinic, 50 people, <laughs> uh, all with these diseases. And this one kid would like, infectious disease who could possibly be COVID is like coughing up in the middle of the clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, not great, not great situation. And there are of course these, these uh, occasional um, mishaps of like somebody's not telling the truth. Somebody's hiding something, trying to get some help. Uh, Cause unfortunately if you're like, Oh, COVID risk, right. You're putting it in a different category as a patient. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it does not look good. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Okay. Let me quickly, um, unfreeze again, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, yeah. just to also share something that I just experienced the other day with like actually one of the, mm-hmm. the, the guys from beach volleyball. Um, so mm-hmm. they tested positive for, for, for COVID after like a, a nanny or whatever tested positive. And mm-hmm. so they went to, I, let's not name names, but they went to one of the biggest private hospitals in Bangkok. And then they didn't have a, they didn't have tests for them. So they said, Hey, our nanny got, was positive. Um, shall we take a test? They oh, said, no, you can take again. a test right now. You can make an appointment for a test next Thursday. So it was like, it was, wait, it was like a few weeks ago. And then they had to wait for almost a week. Mm. Then they went in for the test. Then they tested positive. Then this hospital said, hey, you're positive. You are married and they have two kids. You all have to stay in the hospital. But we don't have uh, beds for you right now. <laughs> so then they send them back. Like I said, they send them back home again. And then like every day they kept checking if, the, if they have beds for them. 
they didn't. And luckily, my friend, no symptoms, his wife, just minor symptoms, the kids, all good. Um, so they basically ended up just home and didn't have to go mm. to the hospital, but just because there were no, there were no beds in the hospital, which is mm. kind of crazy. So it's like, just to reaffirm what you said, but like, you have to send the people yeah. home. And so yeah. I actually know someone who had mm. to sit it out at home. It was just like, I hope nothing's going to happen. And yeah. Yeah. Because remember, like, uh, during the first and second round, the, the private hospital used to do tests, right? And then during mm -hmm. this third and fourth round, there's just, like, one day all the private hospitals are like, nope, we're all not doing it. We're all just not doing testing at all. Even if you pay all of us, everybody just ran out of testing fluids, um, which I don't know if it's true. Mm -hmm. But it is very weird that that happened. And some people have speculated that, okay, if the private hospital tested them and they tested positive right? They have to get treated. And at that time, the like health ministry, uh, which is like the public health care system, promised that every positive cases would be compensated fully, no matter what, mm -hmm. right? But maybe there's some gaps or some loopholes that the private hospitals didn't get paid or something. I'm not so sure. Um, don't quote me on that one. Maybe it's a rumor. Mm -hmm. uh, then yeah, at that time all of them just started not testing, which is also not so good as well. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of like a lot of things are like speculated. A lot of like not so trans like not so transparent, which is causing there's a lot of trouble as well. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it's a very like tie in one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't wanna like move into an area where you have to end up speculating and then people are going to say, Hey, look at her. So we're not going to, not going to speculate too much. Um, but yeah. I do have a, have a few, a few, few questions where you might not have to speculate too much. So one question from just a foreigner point of view and you, you having studied in Europe. So I simply want to ask the question, a stupid question probably, but why is the healthcare system here not working? Like what's the big issue? Or how, how would you change it? So you don't have to blame like any pol politician per se, but like mm -hmm. what, what would be the best step to, to make a change here? It would have been so good of a podcast getting so much like <laughs> attention. No, I'm kidding. Um, so actually the whole system just changed recently. Mm -hmm. um, like before they used to be like these public semi, uh, private semi-public clinics before. And all of them were closed down in October last year because of some fraudulent situation where somebody was keyed in the system as like all universal healthcare, which they didn't have. And then they're like, because the benefit of universal healthcare actually is quite a lot. You can pretty much get any, any, every care necessary to get you healthy, no matter how expensive it is, even if it's super expensive chemo, even if it's super expensive MRI, like you can get them, need-based, everything, right? So when that happened, they just like, nope, we're shutting all this down. So all the 200 clinics in like Bangkok, at least, got shut down completely. And okay. at that time, you would see that, I think yeah, October last year or the year before, I'm not so sure. Sorry about this one. Um And then you see that like all these people with like non-communicating diseases or like chronic diseases end up at the hospital with like super high blood pressure or some issue. And the hospital was getting 
really super slammed um, mm-hmm. for people who are trying to just get medication. And some of these patients have like 10 medications a day, you know, taking twice a day or three times a day. Um, so if for a patient to afford that buying outside is like, would have been like 5,000 or more per month just for medication. Um, so once that's shut down, right, we have this problem. And then now is reframed in following the UK system that is area-based, right? So let's say my house is at point A, I will be referred to the closest clinic. So my rights within mm-hmm. this radius of this clinic would be there, right? Um, so for example, my clinic is somewhere in Rankomhan. So 8,000 people to 10,000 people around my clinic referred to me. Unfortunately, they didn't account for the density of each area. So you say like, okay, these like areas be there, these areas be there, blah, blah, blah. Um, they didn't account for the density, which also creates a problem, right? Because now some days I have like 50 patients, some days I have 80 patients, but it's a lot of patients per day and they're not getting the attention they need. Um, that's one problem. Another problem is also education, right? They're not... So sometimes the education system also lacks this like health related uh, issue, right? In terms of some people would ask me um, like even simple nutrition, right? They're diabetic. They cannot have like sweet fruits, right? For example, like orange juice, that's really bad for a diabetic person because it has a lot of sugar. They don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, that are misinformation, right? Or like, um, like fatty pork, does that like affect my cholesterol? They don't know that either, you know? Um, so some lacking of information or infection, right? Uh, if I, one of the worst one I had was for breast cancer. Um, she clearly has breast cancer. All the signs are there. Um, and it's not small. It's not like a tiny bump. It's like ulcerative. You can see the wound of her breast, things like this. And she said, I had an infection on my finger. Could it have traveled up my arm and caused this infection on my breast? Which is like, like so stunned, right? I don't even know how to answer that because I was just like, and you tell them so many times, maybe it's denial, right? Because nobody wants breast cancer, but Mm -hmm. it's not like ignorable at all because it's like, it's like, massive i would say at least 10 centimeters in diameter so i always get questions like this as well or like um i fell it hurts like also yeah so this leads me to the next point the emergency room is not really an emergency room anymore so when i used to work there or intern there because of these ill-advised or ill-educated um system right not to blame the patient or anything. It's just a matter of knowing, right? Or access to the information. A person would fall, right? And they're like, this girl walks herself in all the way from the front of the clinic or in front of the hospital to the bed because she suspects that she might have broken a bone or dislocated a joint when she can walk mm-hmm. all the way in. You know what I mean? Like 100 meters or at least 200. Um which in, I don't know, in Poland, for example, when people, where people are very tolerant, they'd be like, 
okay, maybe I won't go to the hospital. This is silly. I'll just drink or like chill. It'll be fine. Or in the mm-hmm. States where things are very expensive. So I remember as a patient as well, I had a sprained ankle and I was at um, an ER for just a sprained ankle. It was pretty bad. I couldn't walk. So I get decided to go and get x-ray and then, you know, things like this. I was there for two hours and I was charged $800 for two hours and one x-ray. One x-ray film, film in Thailand is like 30 baht. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't even get medication at the ER in the States. So there was no medication. I had to go buy at the CVS, which is like a drugstore. Uh, cost me, I think, that time like $60 or something like this. Um, super pricey. Thank God for insurance. So this is also another problem that like the emergency room is treated as like a walk-in at any time, right? But then the doctor and the team is frustrated, right? Because they're not taking care of only emergency cases. They're taking care of every case. Um, so it's, yeah, being troublesome as well to triage people, to have enough equipment or enough um, so resources to treat them as accordingly, right? As something that can wait. So people just want to get like their monthly medication for the month and they also come to the ER. So we also have this too. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a very good point that I, I also realized when I moved here from like from Europe, from Germany and, and wherever I lived before. Um, yeah, just going to the hospital, like everyone goes to the hospital all the time. Like it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, this must also be... A, a, I mean, right now, I just imagine that obviously the hospitals are even more crowded, obviously, due to COVID yes. and so on. But it's just, um, it, they're always crowded. Like, even if I go, I have to go once a year, year at least for my health check, obviously, um, mm-hmm. to get the, the visa and so on. And every time I go into the hospital, the entrance area is super crowded. Like, every time. So now yeah. I imagine it must be, of course, way, 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 way worse, obviously. So uh, I can only imagine how crowded it is right now. So it's definitely not an easy task to be there and to work there yeah um i do i do have like because you mentioned it earlier like a little bit you said like that we have the the vaccine here to just to come back to covid you said like we have the vaccine that like other countries don't necessarily uh, accept as like an actual vaccine like a sinovac right um yeah what's but is it better to better to get that vaccine if you can better than not having a vaccine right so for my like professional um, like opinion, because the vaccine is like um, so ineffective, it doesn't really protect mm-hmm. from like infection, right? Even if you have the two full doses, you can still get infected. In this manner, the herd immunity or herd, yeah, doesn't really work that well, right? Mm-hmm. And you can see examples of this in Chile and in Brazil. Um, but if you're trying to prevent severe symptoms, right? So for example, if you're a frontline worker, right? And you have to see a patient every day, and you, but you don't want to die from COVID. Because, I mean, it's harsh to say it, but it's the truth, right? Nobody wants to die from COVID, mm-hmm. right? So you're trying to prevent the severe symptoms. Sinovac is effective for that one. It's just not effective for... Um, infection. So you have to see what risk you have, right? If you're, let's say, a grandma at home who's in like bedridden, who doesn't see anybody, right? I would say getting Sinovac might not be as beneficial 
on one hand, right? Because you don't see anybody. But on the other hand, if you do see somebody and you're already frail, right? You're very weak. Maybe it's a good idea to try to protect, protect yourself against severe symptoms. So in that manner, of course, it's helpful, right? Um, ideally, what everybody wants is effective vaccine, right? Ones that protect against infection, ones that protect against severity symptoms, things like this. There, and there are those options that are cheaper um, as a fact, right? So unfortunately, we also have this problem. I don't know if, like, I mean, I can speculate, right, that given the examples of Chile and other countries who have vaccinated most of their population with Sinovac, that the numbers still rise, they still have these infections, it's not going down. Um, so speculating from that, we can say that maybe if Thailand continues on this route, we will also have the same fate. That sounds reasonable, unfortunately. Actually, yeah. Uh, the states, though, don't even take in any AstraZeneca, from what I heard, at mm -hmm. all, given its risk. Denmark doesn't either. Um, so I don't know if they count that as well as a traveler, right? If somebody who is vaccinated with AstraZeneca, does that count as a vaccinated individual coming into their country? This I don't know. Um, I'm not so sure about this one. <laughs> Right. But um, what they do in the U.S. is offering vaccines for people going to the U.S., right? Because that's been a big thing here that like affluent yes. ties would fly to the U.S. to, to get the mm -hmm. vaccine. Yeah, um, I've considered that myself, honestly speaking. Yeah, mm -hmm. Just yeah I, have, like, I have friends who do this too. So um, yeah. it's a bit unfortunate that this is the way to go, right? To get like the, the vaccine that you want. Yes, yes. Very unfortunate, very pricey for coming back. Actually, going is not super pricey, right? If you're traveling anyway in the US, you know it's a little bit more expensive. But coming back, paying for ASQ, right? Taking the time off, not being able to work. So you also have to think of the income that you would have made, right? Um, so that part sucks. <laughs> yeah, not very, which doesn't make so much sense, right? For a person who's vaccinated. So let's say you're already fully vaccinated for somewhere else, right? And you have your immunity has risen within the two weeks. Would it make more sense to reduce the um, quarantine time, right? So it could encourage more travelers. Yeah. So this also leads yeah. into like, for example, the Phuket sandbox situation now that traveling is not really traveling. Traveling is like a confined um Asylum? I'm not so sure. Depending on how you look at it, <laughs> it could be anything. Yeah, yeah. That that's a that's a very good point because that's the next part here in in the agenda. That, and smooth transition, like like a professional podcaster. Nice, well done. Like moving on to the Phuket sandbox. Respect. I totally um, as well that our first <laughs> podcast is like just voice. I didn't think it was video. <laughs> oh, all the media. Um, just oh, no, to just to get more again. clicks, right? If people want to see you, um, but for the the Phuket sandbox thing, mm. um, so like you said, right? You you can come to Phuket, um, an island here, and you can stay there for two weeks, and then if you test negative, you can travel the country in theory. Uh, in theory, um, I mean, it's been seven days. Knock on wood, one delta. Yeah. <laughs> So that, that, that's the thing. So like I said, it's not, not really free traveling. It's like you have to stay where you're allowed to go in Phuket 
And like mm -hmm. we had right now, if there's like a case in your travel group, for example, like what just happened, they all have to yeah. quarantine then. And yeah, that's your holidays, yeah. basically. Um, from a doctor's point of view, <laughs> does it make sense though? Mm -hmm. Like to say, okay, they're, they're almost all vaccinated in Phuket, right? I think six, 70% of people are vaccinated. Uh, that's what they said officially. And so then it makes mm -hmm. sense to open up because if people are mostly vaccinated yeah. and the travelers are vaccinated, nothing should happen, right? Yes. So technically, if you do it in the sense where um, you have effective vaccine, that would make more sense, right? Just to mm -hmm. reiterate, because, you know, you see these cases as well as other people that like, or other countries who have, you know, pretty high vaccination ratio, but with ineffective vaccine, therefore they still fall on the same trend. Um, so if, let's say, yeah, if Phuket was fully vaccinated, right, then the vaccinated travelers come in, but I don't know what the detail is with this one traveler who tested positive for COVID. Mm -hmm. I'm not so sure what his history is or how long he's been vaccinated before traveling. Um, so that has to be investigated, obviously, and we, you know, learn from it, move on, right? Um, but like, for example, we could have been in the U.S. right now, which is like fully open if you have an effective vaccine for everybody, right? Even if, let's say, it's in Phuket alone. Um, you can confine them to Phuket, right? Let's say if that works, you can have that bubble. Um, but then, of course, there's going to be some people who want to travel out, right, before the 14 days or whatnot or whatever allows them. Um, what would have been a better idea is to have, like, fully or more vaccinated people in Thailand overall, right, with effective vaccine and then encouraging uh, vaccine tourism, what the U.S. does right now. I think it's a pretty good model, right? A lot of people want to travel to Thailand anyway for tourism. Would it make more sense? Um, because, you know, especially if we're preparing for this winter time, right? This December, blah, 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 where literally most people in Europe and their families come to Thailand. Would have been very smart to, you know, quickly roll out the vaccination issue, right? Iron that out, figure it out, and then allowing these travelers to come in and travel freely or even to confine them into one area at a time. That's also, also okay, right? Uh, I think there's no not one right way to do this. Uh, but of course, if you're trying to build a house, right, you want to have a strong foundation first. And, you know, if you're a traveler yourself, coming from somewhere oh. else, right? You don't want to come I'm sorry for laughing. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not because he said the house thing, like just like yeah, the boss here who was like, the, house, the, right? the, 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 the castle, the sandbox castle, and you need like, you know, concrete and stuff to make it stronger. Well, I was thinking about, yeah, but that's a good point to bring to say it's a, more like a sandcastle. But, um, you know, like if you're a traveler, right, let's say put yourself in their shoes, you don't want to come to a country who's like 75 deaths a day if you're not vaccinated, right? Or most people there is not vaccinated. I'd be scared, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And uh, I would assume that if you would have this vaccine tourism thing going, I assume that most tourists would actually be willing to pay for the vaccine. Like, hey, oh, I, yeah. can, I can travel, I can go on holidays, I'm going to pay for the vaccine. They would, yeah. Nobody would have an issue. So, yeah, that would Easy. have been a good idea. Yeah. I mean, we could have done this. Think of it time-wise, right? During the first lockdown, if this was rolled out in between, right? 
this past winter, we would have had like a growth in the economy better than now. That's like you know lost and lost again. <laughs> like a very grim 2021, like 2020. Um, don't really know how that's gonna play out. I would, you know, I would hope that it's better, right, than before, but it doesn't seem that way. <laughs> um, everybody's speculating there's gonna be like the economy crash, like uh, 20, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that's also looking horrible. Yeah. Hmm. I was kind of hoping that we can at the end somehow find like a positive outlook. Okay. Um, I have, I think I have two more, two more questions and, and then I'm going to try to find a positive spin. Let, let's see if we can find some, some positive spin first. Or if it just, if, it, if it's just mm-hmm. doom and gloom. Um, so yeah, the, yeah. the, the one, the one question. <laughs> um, so the, the one question that I have and then I, I, I stop asking about vaccine stuff, but it's just because I'm, I'm just curious and I, I just don't know better. Um, so lots of people have the ineffective vaccine, right? The, uh, the mm-hmm. Sinovac. So how is that now if in the future, like, and they say, hey, probably October-ish or so, we get like other vaccine here, like the Moderna vaccine, maybe even the mm-hmm. Pfizer or someone down the road, who knows? Can I, if I had the Sinovac, can I get like a better vaccine to up my game or how does it work? So the problem yeah. is now that, um, so uh, there's a lot, of, like I said before, there's a lot of studies been done in the UK, but unfortunately the, in the UK, they don't use Sinovac, uh, them use mm-hmm. AstraZeneca and then followed by Moderna or Pfizer, mm-hmm. which has proven to have a better effect, efficacy versus even same doses of Moderna, or same doses of Pfizer, which is amazing, right? We could have followed that model apply those research to Thai people as well, which is what I'm hoping to get to. For example, I have uh, AstraZeneca, one dose, right? Mm-hmm. For women younger than 60 or younger than 40, second dose is correlated with a higher rates of embolism. So that's a high risk. I don't want that risk. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm hoping to get Moderna or Pfizer and the outcome is looking much better. Um, unfortunately, there is no known research yet with Sinovac and then having more effective vaccine. I think in Thailand, they're doing some right now. I know of uh, a colleague who is participating in this research, um, that he had two folders of Sinovac and then to see what the third one is and if he had the third one, how his immunity would have reacted. Um, yeah, unfortunately, there's no known study in the long term yet. Yeah, right now mm-hmm. it's super <laughs> So, and okay. in the long run, right, we still don't know what the long-term effects are of these vaccines overall, right? Mixing them, not mixing them, having one, having a booster next year, having the booster in 2022, 2023. We don't know yet. What we know is that for sure it will continue to mutate, right? Like flu vaccine or like flu does every year. And what flu does every year as well is also killing people. Um, This is the same trend. So maybe the water comes in October, hopefully. And then again, Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it's still interesting. So, because I mean, um, for example, as you probably know, uh, uh, my chancellor uh, took like uh, the, the mix, I think, yeah. AstraZeneca, mm-hmm. Moderna, I guess. Um, so, uh, that, that was interesting. And then I read in the news that the Thai government says that if you have the vaccine, like I guess Sinovac and AstraZeneca, you, they would 
recommend to have a booster shot somewhere down the road. So that's what I read, I think, yesterday or a day ago or so. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But like I said, there, there's, there's, I mean, let's wait for the research, right, to see how this all plays out. I still mm -hmm. hope that the, the long-term side effects will lead to me jumping higher, um, but <laughs> not, I'm not sure if that's going to work. Um, We're going younger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be cool. Um, I have just then one last question on on the COVID thing, and then maybe we can find a, a positive way to to come to an end after that. But mm. right now, with like all the cases increasing and like m another potential lockdown maybe coming, like a hard lockdown probably coming like next week or so, when they expect ten thousand cases per day or something. Um, What's the doctor's recommendation for a normal person at home right now who's just going crazy and it's like, it's been one and a half years. It's so freaking boring. I just want to go out to the shopping mall because I just, I can't stay home anymore. Do you tell them like, be quiet, sit down and don't do anything? Or like, what's, what's the recommendation? The problem is that it, we also have to look at mental health, right? This is also one yeah. factor that I think is majorly neglected through this whole situation. Um, Unfortunately, depressed mood or depression also leads to lower immunity or stress, right? I can assure you, or at least for myself, stress has been increasing for this past year. Maybe it's not as bad in medical school, but um, I would say overall, chronic stress leads to decreased immunity. And, for, and acute stress, like if you say you're working out, things like this, like those are considered as acute stress, that's good. That's boosting your immunity. Mm -hmm. Um, so for those who are staying at home, um, locked up, uh, it's looking grim, right? I'm trying to find encouraging words, <laughs> like it'll be like the light at the end of the tunnel or like, you know what I mean? So, uh, stay hopeful, start a new hobby, right? Gain a new skill. I maybe gain all the skills you could have gained already now, learn new language, try to find something to gain, gain weight. Gain weight, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, gain Netflix binge, mm -hmm. you know, get up to date with uh, social media or pop culture. Um, stay healthy, right? Eat well, treat your body right, you know, exercise as much as you can. Try to get some sun. Vitamin D is also very important for immunity. Um, for sure, get moving a little bit. Uh, endorphins will be helpful, will be your friend. If you're like, you know, just sitting at home a lot, not moving so much, dance around like a crazy person, you know, throw on your favorite music, sing in the shower, um, anything that will kind of pick yourself up, right? So there's a YouTuber that I know, her name's Martina. She's uh, Canadian and she stayed in Korea for a while and then Japan, now she's back in Canada. She has a uh, chronic disease that causing her chronic pain and her way of getting through the day or bad days is to build a ladder, right? So doing a small thing at a time to pick herself up. No matter if it's a rainbow clip, doing some crazy hair, putting makeup on, getting dressed up. I definitely do not put makeup on for like so long. <laughs> Um, you know, so that can be helpful. So slowly build a ladder, you know, pick yourself up, uh, connect with them, some friends, right. Or family. I know it's like not so easy, especially even for myself. I don't see my family so often now because of COVID situation. I don't want to be the one bringing the disease to them. Um, so calling social media, you know, 
there's so many apps now, House Party, um, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Zooms now is super, super, super famous. So <laughs> not the best app, maybe, but helpful. Yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. uh, Nothing new. I thought I, I can. <laughs> I thought I can move on, but like just for one addition to what you said with the mental health, because I think that that's super important um, and unfortunately very much neglected. And I did lots of research mm -hmm. on mental health and Thailand because I know I have a few friends here who really suffer from depression. And when they go to the hospital, they just give them like some medicine, like whatever, you're depressed, take this. But no one mm -hmm. really tries to find a root cause. So I think that's very important. And I read the statistics this week that the suicide rate is the highest ever in Thailand uh, right now, which is crazy. So I think what you just said is very important, like take care of your mental health, do things that make yeah. you happy. Um, yeah, so that's a very good message. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a, uh, I, I can understand though, like you can't just tell somebody who is stressed to be like, yeah, it's fine, just don't stress, right? Or somebody mm -hmm. who just lost their family member to COVID. Like there was in the news also one dad, he just like jumped himself off of, you know, the building because his daughter, his only daughter died. He doesn't have anybody else. There's no more reason to live, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you can't just tell him be like, yeah, don't worry about it. Like, you know, another person will grow from you or something. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's also difficult to be creative, right? Especially when you're depressed or when you're in depressed mood and you're stressed. Um, I would say count on your like little things, right? That, keeps you happy, keeps you sane. And then once you slowly and surely, um, those little things will add up, right? Make you feel better. Yeah, good good message. Um, so I try not to be too grim anymore. But um, <laughs> so the, 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 the final message or the final question basically is like, what's, what's your prediction? Like, what's the future going to be in regards to, to COVID and, and stuff? So we just kind of, like Boris Johnson mm -hmm. said, like, Let's just learn to live with it. Let's just open everything and it's just going to stay with us. Or like, what's, what's your take on the future? Hmm. Tough question. Um, I mean, yeah, on one hand, you kind of have to like live with it and be with it, right? And there's, of course, new normal has been emphasized since the beginning. Um, I think there are ways that we can better the situation, right? So creating herd immunity for Thailand, like, for example, following Israel's um, model, right, where they had effective vaccine for most citizens, and then they even had, like, one day they're like, we don't have to wear masks anymore. Everybody go mask-free, which is crazy in my mind, right? I also had this, like, reverse psychology myself when I was with a client, well, a patient. Um, he was vaccinated already, And I got one dose of vaccination. He took off his mask and I was like, okay, we're close proximity. What's going on? Um, and then I was like, oh, wait, no, he's vaccinated. I'm one dose vaccinated. If we're comfortable, technically, we're both safe, right? So in some sessions, like if we're in far distance, I would take off my mask. But it's, I'm so used to wearing a mask now, it doesn't even occur to me that I'm wearing it. Sometimes if I'm driving alone, even sometimes I keep it on just out of like habit. Um, I think in the future, though, hopefully we can go back to normal where we can have like physical contact, right? Because that's also important for mental health and like oxytocin release. Um, another drag queen, now she's in um, the US, Pangina. She wrote that that stranger hugged her the other day and she almost cried. That's also back to normal. Um, mm -hmm. 
which is great, like which would be hopefully what we can see in Thailand in the future, I hope. Um, okay. We'll have to like be, you know, staying healthy, keeping yourself healthy, keeping your family members healthy um, and be safe regardless. Okay, as an introvert, I'm happy no stranger hugs me. I enjoy social distancing quite a lot. Um, I do hope things get better, but I don't mind the distance. Um, but uh, see, now I try to wrap it up, and then every time you say something, I have another question. So, okay, uh, I try to keep it to a minimum, but I, I, I went down this, like, you know, when you sit at home and you then you read stuff about COVID and more stuff pops up and then you go down this rabbit hole. Yeah. And so yeah. one of my favorite conspiracy theories was like, well, now the different health bodies from different governments already said, hey, because the flu cases went down so much because we're wearing masks and social distancing, so no one got the flu. Um, now when we open up again, maybe the flu cases are going to explode because we're not used to it anymore. So we're not used to getting, I don't know, germs from other people or however to, to phrase that. Mm -hmm. um, is that something that you think that sounds reasonable or is that just another way for the governments to keep us locked in? Um, so actually there are more than 300 like stereotypes of flu, right? It evolves mm -hmm. every year. At some level, some days, some time, everybody have had the flu in vaccine form, unless you're like a fresh newborn, right? Um, so I would say maybe it won't be that bad. Maybe the symptom or the severity of the symptom would be bad. Maybe the cases would increase, right? Um, mm -hmm. But even in my clinic, we also offer flu vaccinations still. So some people also have to stagger them between their like COVID vaccines. So they're getting vaccinated every month now um, for this next three months at least. So... Hopefully it's not so bad. I cannot, like, you know, say for sure what's going to be, right? So maybe, let's say, if the flu uh, would evolve, right, for no reason, right, so much somehow, right, or cross with, like, another strain or something like this, which is unlikely, right, because it evolves only within people um, who have had it and then get stronger that way, right? Mm -hmm. um, if it does in the future and it's super bad, then yeah, it'll be pretty bad. Um, but I don't think it'll be like a break, like an outbreak, like a COVID one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, okay. For sure. And have more treatment for sure. With flu. That, that, that makes yeah, sense. And our yeah. bodies know it well before as well. So mm -hmm. it should be a bit more durable. Okay. So, so, so the only thing we keep worrying about is like the next, the next variant after whatever comes after mm -hmm. Delta. Um, yeah, right now it's no variant. I'm sure in the future it's going to be like the next like uh, infection, you know, given like how much we pollute um, the earth. Um, unfortunately, we live in the same earth, right? So whatever we give, we get. Mm. Um, <clears throat> with yeah, we can go on and on because it's never ending. <laughs> okay, but because the both of us are very positive people. By heart, of course, like in our course, even though it doesn't look like it right now, mm -hmm. um, me being German, you being half Polish. Um, so how, how, how do we, how do we put a positive spin on all those things? Like how do we end this, this session with something positive? Is there anything so that I gives the hope? <laughs> that right, right now is season four, right? If we're talking about this as a television show, this is season four for Thailand with COVID. <laughs> 
Uh, if you made it through till this season, it's toughest season yet, and you're not eliminated. And that means you're very strong, right? You're resilient. You're uh, careful. Um, you're surviving. You're thriving. And I think you, I can speak for everybody who's live right now that I'm grateful to be alive, at least not infected. And for those who are, like, that's okay too. Because in the end, if you did get infected, actually you have the best immunity compared to everybody else who gets vaccinated, right? Because you have the original. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you're, you're the OG. Okay, you're nice. OG. So you'll have, you'll be, yeah, for sure stronger. And we'll come through out of this stronger together. Oh. Um, to uh, someone who, who, who is in media. Yeah, try try to get the, the real one. Um, mm -hmm. As someone in, in media studies, however, I can tell you most shows get canceled after like five seasons though. So hopefully <laughs> the will be the last one for us. Mm, yeah, but hopefully the the members will not get cancelled. I'm just saying hopefully yeah, no. we find something else to do. Okay, yeah, but that was that was that was almost positive. Um in the at the very <laughs> end I always you had to okay, okay, I, I stop it. So okay, famous last words. What do you want the people to remember from you and tell the people where they can find you if you want stalkers? Oh wow. Um famous last words. Right now, the, my famous last words is be safe and take care. That's all you could say for people right now with the current situation, sadly. Otherwise, it's another grim one, which I don't think we should include. <laughs> In the end, everybody dies. So don't worry. <laughs> um, unless, you know, we figure we come out with some like anti-aging stuff. Um, yeah, so if you want to find me, On my Instagram, I have Simone Chi, so S-M-O-N-C-H-E. That's my personal one. And my official one, which is like very dead right now, I'm like a bit overbooked, is Simone Care. That's where I do my physio stuff, posture, um, chronic pain. So if you want to check it out, you can, both on Instagram. Okay, links, links will be in the description, of course. No problem. Okay, wow. cool. Super professional. Let me... <laughs> I should have done of course, okay. <laughs> and, and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.